What's up, everybody? It's your boy Trailer Day, and I'm back for another episode. You already know this is the today. Well, today's Tuesday, and I can't talk. Today is Tuesday. This is the Today with Trey podcast. We are up to Game Three of the NBA Finals. Um, the Washington Capital. Well, uh, Washington Capitals. If you guys didn't know, I'm a Washington Capitals fan. So my Caps are one win away from. A Stanley Cup championship, which is would be fantastic for me. None of the teams I've rooted for have won um, a Stanley Cup. I mean, not a Stanley Cup, but like a title in general since 2009 when the Yankees won the World Series. Like that's the last time any of my teams that I root for have won a title. I got KU in 08. I got the Yankees in 09. KU made it back to a championship in 2012, but that's as close as I've gotten since then. So. Capitals, one went away from a Stanley Cup, and me getting some more championship gear. We're at Game Three in the NBA Finals, um, and also we're NFL teams are closing down OTAs. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles held one more day of OTA practices after Donald Trump uninvited them to the White House. Um, even though I still don't understand how you can uninvite somebody from a party that they didn't want to go to in the first place. So, whatever that is, however you feel about that. But, we're winding down with OTAs, um, which means it's officially trash-talking season, and it's time for people to make guarantees that that they probably won't be able to keep. And one LA Charger made one guarantee that, you know, probably should get his sights set on something a little more realistic than this guarantee. Uh, You'll want to hear that. Without further ado, it's your boy Trailer Day. Let's get the show started. All right, so like I said, we're at Game 3 of the NBA Finals, and at this point, Cleveland has been... Game 1 was a lot better than I expected. I never I never gave you guys a recap of Game 1. But Game 1 was a lot better than I expected from the Cavaliers. Um, but Game 1 did give me a reason to believe that the Cavaliers could actually win not just a game, but multiple games in this series. Um, I mean, every time, I mean, it helped that Golden State wasn't their usual shooting selves. They shot pretty much like they did in Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals. So, I mean, it helps when they don't shoot that well. But, I mean, the Cleveland made shots. Golden State, they made, they both made about the same amount of shots. But Cleveland did some things that, you know, would make me think that they could, I guess you could say they could hold their own against the Warriors. Now, obviously, they still need to figure out what they're going to do with Golden State's pick and roll because they haven't figured out how to defend this pick and roll yet all series long, and you got to figure it out on Wednesday night. Otherwise, you're they're in a lot of trouble. But because um, I mean, like the Golden State's pick and roll is nothing special because they use the pick and roll with um, they use it with Javale McGee, they use it with Jordan Bell. And those guys, JaVale McGee and Jordan Bell aren't going to shoot three-pointers. They're, they're not even going to shoot elbow jumpers. 
So either you gotta fix what you're gonna do when the picking like when he sets the screen, you're gonna have to fix what you do when he sets the screen, or whoever's on the back side's gotta come help. Something you gotta figure out something to slow the pick and roll down because that's what's killing the uh, the Cavaliers right now is that they can't defend this pick and roll, and it's not helping. It's not helping the cause. Um, so once I mean, if Cleveland could remotely figure out what they're gonna do with that pick and roll, it'll go a long way in their defense. Now, as far as what you're gonna do about Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, well. I guess the the thing to do would to be don't let them get too hot. Cuz I mean, I get I it's it's Steph Clay and KD. They're going to they're going to fuck you up if they they're going to fuck you up a little bit. And you're just going to have to take it on the chops. So, what you can't what you can't have happen, you can't have like what happened in game 2 when Steph Curry hits nine three-pointers and you got Kevin Durant, who was wildly efficient in Game Two. He shot twelve of sixteen, something like that. I think I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was Kevin Durant was wildly efficient in Game Two, and that's definitely not what you want to have happen if you're um, a Cleveland Cavalier. It's definitely not what you want to see if you're a Cleveland Cavalier fan. Uh, but I mean, the Cavaliers have played. They played their best basketball this postseason at home, so that would leave me lead me to believe that they can get a dub, at least in game three or four. If they can get game three, then you like their chances better to get game four because it's always because you, you always want to get the first one. Once you get the first one, the second one is a little bit easier, and then it just kind of snowballs. Obviously, it's easier for the Warriors to get this get these wins than it is for the Cavaliers just because the Warriors have four all-stars on their team and like four high-level players so it's easy there for them to get the dub but I mean Cleveland has LeBron James and it's my favorite argument to use even though they're playing Golden State still my favorite argument to use I mean if you have LeBron James you have a chance you have more than a chance really you have I mean, I don't know how much I don't know how much better of a chance they have this time around because it, you know the roster is just not as talented. It sucks. You got J.R. Smith running around the other way when he thought they were ahead, and be like, "My dad, my dad was like when it when it happened. My dad was like, you were on the free throw line. Okay, maybe if you didn't know the score when you got to the free throw line, you had two chances to check to look up a big ass scoreboard and check the score. <laughs> my dad was trying to cut. Him. My dad was trying to find a reason to give him the benefit of the doubt. He's like, okay, maybe you didn't know the score, but you had two free throws. What you had to do was look up there and check, check the big ass scoreboard in the middle of the court and look at the score. That's all you had to do, Jr. Just look at the score. Talking about, I thought we was ahead. Like, and if you did check the score, there's no way you thought you were ahead. There's no way. So, what? <laughs> Jr. Bro, like, okay, so what? J what Jr. did essentially cost them game one because after you knew, um, you knew that once the game went into overtime, that the Warriors were gonna win the game. 
it was a wrap. The Warriors were winning. And it sucks because the Cavaliers, like I mentioned before, the Cavaliers played a hell of a game one. They played a hell of a game. Like I said, it helps that the Warriors weren't stupidly efficient like they were in game two, but good you I don't think you were I don't think the Cavaliers were gonna get closer to winning a game on the road in Golden State without actually winning said game. They weren't gonna get closer than what they got in game one. They probably weren't. And that's just being totally honest. I know Cameron's over here is happy as a mug right now listening to me say this, but Cavaliers are in trouble. I don't agree with what Christian said about how it's a wrap because I think I don't know, I think there's a, there's a level of toughness that the Cavaliers have played with so far in the first two games. Like even though the first even though game two was a blowout, the game was within reach for the for forty for forty minutes of game time, like the game was in reach for the Cavaliers. It was just the last seven, six, seven, eight minutes when once Stephen Curry once Steph Curry hit that ridiculous turnaround three in game two. In game two, once he hit that ridiculous turnaround three at the end of the shot clock in game two, that's when you kind of felt like it was over for the Cavaliers. But at that time, it was only an 11-point game with like seven, eight minutes to go. And let's say the Cavaliers get that stop and get a bucket on the other end, whether it be a two or a three, it's a three-possession game after that. If you get that stop and then get a bucket, it's a three-possession game with eight minutes left. Like You're right there. And that's pretty much how the game was the entire time. I think the biggest lead Golden State had was maybe for before that eight-minute mark. I think the biggest lead Golden State had was maybe for 14 points. I mean, and 14 sounds like a lot, but if you look at it this way, like if you're in the first half and it's a 14-point lead, like all you have to do is just chip away at that lead. Like you're not, you don't have to get it back all right then and there. One, because you can't. And two, you, there's plenty of time. It's still the first half. You have a whole second half to play. So you have plenty of time to, you know, just keep chipping away, keep chipping away, keep chipping away. So, like I said, if Golden State has that 14-point lead in the first half, all you have to do is, I mean, this is all easier said than done, but you get a couple stops, get a few stops in a row, get a couple buckets, all of a sudden the lead is down to 10, 8, and so on and so forth. You know, just the thing Cleveland can't do is let the game get out of hand, and that's just kind of what happened in game two. I'm not going to – I mean, I'm not going to fault them for – because, like, the third quarter, like, you know, everybody talks about those runs that the, the the Warriors make in the third quarter, like how they pretty much bury teams in the third quarter, and that's just what they do. They bury teams in the third quarter, and – Rightfully so. That's that's just how they do it. But that third quarter in game two, the Cavaliers were like right there. They stuck around right there. And uh, Cleveland, not Cleveland, but Golden State's lead never got too. It never got insurmountable like it usually does in the third quarter against against some teams. Like it just it never it never ballooned like it normally does. Like it did against the Rockets in a couple of those games in that series. So, like I said, Cleveland did a great job. They let it, they did a good job of not letting the game get out of hand. Obviously, up until like that last seven minutes of the game, which is what you know, it's, which is all you can ask for, really. Just keep the game close enough to where you know you have a chance. Give yourself a chance. That's all you really want to do. Just give yourself a chance. That's all you need. 
But we're going into game three, which is on Wednesday. Um, today's Tuesday. Game three is on Wednesday, tomorrow. And I'm going to pick the Cavs. I picked the Cavs in game one. I didn't pick them in game two, even though they needed it. And after what happened in game one, I kind of felt like they weren't going to win game two. Just because what happened in game one was a pretty depressing sight. No matter who you are, if that happens to you, like that, that's something that's that'll fuck you up mentally for the next couple of days. And in, in unfortunately, you, you hate that it does, but it'll probably spill over into game two. That's just that's how sports are. Just how sports go. No matter how much they say they put it out of their heads, or they've they've moved past it, or they're on to the next game. Like if something like that happens. You're gonna be stuck on it for more than a few days, and it's gonna it's gonna leak over into game two. So I didn't see game I didn't see Cleveland winning game two, but we're at game three on Wednesday, and I'm picking the Cavs. So right now, the, my prediction to come true: the Cavs would be looking at a two-one lead if they were to win tomorrow. But I'm picking the Cavs on Wednesday just because they got they got to get one. Because it's like death. Because if you get down 3-0 to Golden State, it's a wrap. Might as well get swept and just leave with your dignity. So it's just like, this is kind of like the do-or-die game for Cleveland. This is this is the do-or-die game. Like you have, either you get this or you're basically done. That's just, that's how I see it. Either Cleveland gets game three or they're done. And I think they get game three. I mean, they'll be at home. Hopefully J.R. Smith doesn't dribble at the clock when the game's tied. I don't see them that happening twice in the same series. Excuse me, but yeah, they'll be at home. You're in like you're in desperation mode. You gotta have it, or it's or you know it's a wrap. And this could be LeBron James's last two games in Cleveland at Quicken Loans Arena. Obviously, that remains to be seen, but. This could be LeBron James' last two games at Quicken Loans Arena as a Cleveland Cavalier. Which would be sad to see. It'd be sad, but first we gotta get this game three. And we wanna hopefully we can get hopefully we can get seven out of this series. I said I said I said at the beginning if the Cavs win this series, it'd take seven games. So hopefully they can get seven out of this. I doubt they do, just because I'm being realistic. And my you know, I'm a Russell Westbrook's my favorite player, but like LeBron James is LeBron James. You gotta respect that. So hopefully if the Cavs win, if the Cavs were to magically find a way to win this series, it, it would take without a doubt seven games. So you're gonna get <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers fans Cleveland Cavaliers fans are hoping for three more game three more games of LeBron James. At the queue, I doubt they get it, but a man can hope and pray, right? I would love for the Cavaliers to get three more home games, but game three. I think if Kyle Corver, you know what, the Kyle Corver might be the X factor in this series. It's crazy that it is to say, Kyle Corver might be that X factor. And see, everyone want to talk about Kevin Love. Kevin Love was. Let me see. Let me go back. And you thought like you you may have thought like. Fuck the cow. Like Kevin Love was. What was? 
what was Kevin Love doing in game two? Now, he had a bad game one. He just didn't shoot the ball well. Game two, you look up, Kevin Love had 22-10. and 10. Kevin Love had 22-10. and 10. LeBron, 29-13-9. 29-9-13, I'm sorry. Yeah, but Kevin Love had 22-10 and 10 on 7 of 18 shooting. Like, Kevin Love, he, he came to play. Tristan Thompson kind of came to play. You know, he got fucked up on the boards. George Hill came to play. J.R. Smith has just got to be... J.R. Smith's got to be better. Then the Cavaliers aren't going to... They're not going to win if J.R. Smith isn't better than the 2-for-9 shooting performance with 5 points, 1 rebound, 2 assists. They, he's got to be better than that. I think, I think they might need to find a way to get Larry Nance a couple more shots. Just because this is a matchup that suits Larry Nance. He doesn't have to deal with Al Horford like he did last series, which wasn't his, you know, which wasn't a, really a matchup for him. But... Um, I think, I mean, th- outside of that pick and roll, outside of figuring out what the Cavaliers are going to do with that pick and roll, I mean, the Cavaliers haven't played really that bad this series. They really haven't. Uh, they let that, they just let game two get out of hand, like, late. They just let that last seven minutes of the fourth quarter in game two get out of hand. But for the game, within the entirety of game one and... 40 minutes of 39, 40 minutes of game two. They've been within striking distance the entire series. So you can't say Cleveland hasn't put up a fight. Obviously, they look incompetent at times because they just looked incompetent at times all season. But even with the incompetence that they've they. I wouldn't say they've shown incompetence, even even with the way they've looked and how bad they've looked and sequences where it's just like who is running this team and like who taught these guys how to play basketball. Even with all of those, they've been right there. That's that's the saving grace of of Cleveland right now in this series. You can go back to that locker room and say, guys. And look at the film and say, guys, we've looked like a fifth-grade basketball team against the Golden State Warriors for their portions and and segments and stretches of both games. And yet, outside of seven, eight minutes in one game, we've been right there the entire time. So, so I mean, Cleveland has stuff they can build on. They have something they can build on. And they, I mean, they have a chance, but it starts with Game Three. They can't get Game Three, then call it a wrap. It's a good, good morning, good afternoon, good night, and just call it a day. Um, I'll be back after Game Three to talk about this series some more, and then we'll go from there. This is like a mundane podcast today. I don't know what like, probably because Christian like. If you guys listen to the Willing, Willing to Go Ham podcast with Christian Willingham, like, I don't know, but every time Christian talks about the NBA Finals, it, like, it kind of triggers me because he, like, the dude, Christian, dog, you dog on LeBron so hard when the man is just, like, the man is doing everything he can. LeBron is doing everything in his power to, to, to get his team a title, and you just going to dog this man. Damn the legacy and all that other stuff, like, 
We're talking about here and now. We're not talking about the legacy. We're talking about here and now. You just, you just throwing this man under the bus. It's crazy. Cause he had 51 in game one. Had a near triple double in game two. Looked more comfortable in game two. Like was trying to get his teammates involved in game two. The man is playing on another play, on another level right now, and I need you to respect that. I need you to respect that. I need you to acknowledge that. But we'll talk about this another day, Christian. If you if you hear this segment, I hope you will. If you hear this podcast, hear this segment, I hope you hear this because you need to hear this. Don't dog on LeBron so much because if you keep dogging on LeBron, on LeBron, I'm going to have to come after you. And I don't want to have to come after you, bro. Just, just leave LeBron alone. Please, 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 please leave that man alone. And we'll talk about this another day. But that's what I got for the NBA Finals for right now. That's what I got for right now. When we come back, I told you guys, as OTA start to wrap up, it's time for people to start making guarantees that they can't keep. And one LA Charger made a guarantee that I can almost guarantee with my life that he won't be able to keep that. So you'll you won't want to miss that. All right, like I said, we're going to talk about a guarantee that one of the LA Chargers made recently as recently as today OTAs are wrapping up around the NFL I'm pretty sure the Chiefs are done if not on like the last day or so of OTAs Um, OTAs organized team activities like it's time for you know you can't hit but you can you know you start getting into the playbook you're the new guys you bring in, rookie mini camp is over, so the rookies have like done their thing, and whichever rookies you kept, they're back for OTAs outside of your draft picks. You're undrafted free agents. Whichever one of those you guys kept, they're back for OTAs. So you have, um, we're back, we're down OTAs. So you now you got the guys. Not only the guys that are obviously going to play and play heavy minutes, um, but you got. The guys that you know might be the unsung heroes of your team for this next season, but that's beside the point. I'm pretty sure you guys know how all how OTAs goes, or you know, kind of got the gist of it. But that's beside the point. OTAs is also a time where people like to make guarantees that they probably can't keep. Melvin Ingram, defensive end of the LA Chargers, pretty much guaranteed the Chargers were going to win the Super Bowl this year, and that is just beyond belief. Now. Let me, pre- let me preface this by saying the LA Chargers have, the LA Chargers in their front office have made strides in the last couple seasons. They've made some good acquisitions. They've definitely, they've definitely hit on their picks in the draft. Um, they brought in, like, this this year alone, they drafted Derwin James and Yuchino uh, Nuosu. I can't remember pronounce his first name, but Nuosu and Defensive end at USC brought him in and Derwin James, so like that's that's two players that can help your team right away. And then you have Mike Williams, last year's first round pick, who is recovering from that um, bulging disc, but should be healthy for the start of this season in training camp. That'll help your wide receiver core and to go along with Keenan Allen. You got another year of Melvin Gordon, who is another year better after having a great season last year. You got Joey Bosa. To you know, be the partner in crime to Melvin Ingram. You got 
I mean, you may or may not have Denzel Perryman, who I've liked since he was at Miami University. You, but I mean, you have Casey Hayward, you have Jason Verrett. The Chargers, they got pieces. The Chargers have pieces, and I'm not going to deny that. As much as, as much as I love the dog on the Chargers, they have pieces, and I can't deny that. Obviously, Casey Hayward can't cover Tyreek Hill, but that's for another day and another story. Chargers have pieces. Like I said, their front office has done their front office has done a much better job of putting together a team to not only win but have the expectation to win big games. Now, when Melvin Ingram says he guarantees to win a Super Bowl, when guarantees to win a Super Bowl, that's a problem because Melvin, bro, I like that you have confidence in your team enough to win a Super Bowl. Like everybody should have that kind of confidence in their team, but the fact of the matter is you guys can't even win in your own division. So how are you going to win a Super Bowl if you can't win in your own division? The Chargers haven't beaten the Kansas City Chiefs since 2013. It's been damn near five years, five full seasons. It'll be five full years in December since the last time the Chargers beat the Chiefs. And uh, as far as I know, I, I looked this up earlier. Let's see. I'm gonna look it up again. Chargers versus Chiefs. We're gonna look at that rivalry again. And I'm gonna give you all the scores. So if you haven't beat, um, and the Chiefs have won the last two division championships. So in order to usually in order to win the Super Bowl, you gotta you gotta beat you gotta beat the defending champ. You gotta beat you, you gotta beat the teams in your division before you can start talking about Super Bowl. You gotta beat the teams in your division. That's what the Patriots do. Um, that's what the Eagles did last year when they won their Super Bowl. When the Giants were winning their Super Bowl, they were beating their teams within, within the division. Um, when the Broncos won that Super Bowl, they beat up on the teams in the, in the division. Um, the Jags last year, except for the Titans, they beat up on that division. And who else? Who else am I missing? Who else am I missing? Obviously, the Patriots were in the NFC. Over in the NFC, the Rams, they beat up on their division last year. The, if you like the team, the good teams beat up on their division. The Chiefs beat up on their have beat up on the division for the past three and a half or so years. Uh, Christian was we gotta fall back to Christian for another point, another part of the podcast. Gotta fall back on Christian. Um, I told him, I said I tweeted I tweeted it out on my personal Twitter. I was like Melvin Ingram's talking about the Chargers winning the Super Bowl. I was like, come on, bro, you you gotta you, y'all gotta beat us first. And Christian said the Chargers are gonna beat the Chiefs, which is beyond me. I told him I believe in when I uh, believe in when I see it. When I see it, I'll believe it. It's pretty much it's pretty much what it's come down to. Like you can you can keep telling me that the Chiefs the Chargers are gonna beat the Chiefs and all this other stuff. You can keep telling me all this stuff, but um, until I see it, I'm not gonna believe it. And he goes, he's like, everyone, will, he says, every, Christian said, everyone will get got this year. He's, I mean, he has the Browns winning eight games this year, which is for another story. But, I mean, you can say everybody's going to get got, but the Chiefs haven't got, the Chiefs haven't been got in three and a half years. So, I mean, I, 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 
I mean, it's a valid point. Anybody can get got. But history tells me for the past three and a half seasons, the Chiefs haven't been got, and it doesn't look like they're going to get got anytime soon. Be like, be like Marshawn Lynch said, I'm going to get got. But I'm going to get mine more than I get got. So I, I forgot how he said it, but you get the point. Where the Chiefs is, you might get got outside the division, but you're not going to get got inside the division. And they've made a very, they've made a very solid point in making it, in making sure everybody knows they're not going to get got in the division. They haven't lost, they've lost one division game like the last three and a half years. And the one division game the Chiefs lost against the Raiders, took the Raiders 10 chances on the goal line just to get it in. And three, a couple of Christmas calls to give them extra extra plays. I remember that game. Somebody tweeted out, if the Raiders can't score here, they'll never beat the Chiefs. Never. They'll probably never beat them again anyway because they got John Gruden as the head coach. It's, like I said, I respect Melvin Ingram for, you know, putting that out there. Obviously, he believes his team is good enough to get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. And I'm not going to hold that against him because, like, the Chargers have a very talented roster. And I cannot deny that, will not deny that. But you have to win games within your division before you can talk about the Super Bowl. And until you beat the Chiefs for the first time in damn near five years, you're not going to the Super Bowl, bro. Because you're not going to win the division. The Chiefs don't plan on giving up their division crown anytime soon. And the way that the roster is constructed in Kansas City, it looks like they will have a stranglehold on the division for the next half decade. They've had a stranglehold on the division for the last... They should have won it. It should be three straight years if the Chiefs won a division. Had they not pissed down their leg in 20 what is it in 2015 what was it yeah I'm pretty sure it was back in like 2015 that the Chargers not the Chargers but the Chiefs fucked it up and didn't win the division but um, well what I can say is the Chiefs have won back to back division titles and the Chargers haven't beat them in almost five years so Melvin Ingram, maybe you should worry about winning the division. I mean, beating the Chiefs before you worry about winning the division. So, I mean, that's all I have for today, guys. Just wanted this to be a short episode. You just got to get some content out there. As I always tell you, like and subscribe the podcast. Hit that subscribe button. Leave a five-star rating and a comment. Nicer, nicer or not, doesn't matter to me. But that five-star rating, that would be fantastic. So, subscribe to the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at TrailerDay23 or follow the podcast show's Twitter at TodayWithTrey. And you can get all the updates there on the podcast Twitter. Hit, hit the subscribe button. Leave a five-star rating. Four for four. I will see you guys on the other side. You guys have a good one. Will I make it? I don't know. From the bottom of my heart, I swear to God, I gotta blow. This for every time the world told me no. If I don't make it in this game, I ain't got nowhere else to go. From the drama to the hoes, from the records to the shows, I gotta make it. And if they don't give me what I deserve, then I'ma take it. I've been underrated, underestimated, and hated, but I...